Welcome to the C3 Silicon Valley Church Podcast. Senior pastors Adam and Kira Smalcom are so excited to share this message with you and believe that God will speak to you through it. Here at C3SV, we know that God has the best in store for you today and every day. So are we ready for the word this morning? Great. I'm excited. So the passage that we're going to read from this morning is 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 through 18. 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 through 18. Um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the anointed version. Um, It's going to be great. Uh, I love this time of year. Are you enjoying Christmas? approaching the lead up to sometimes it can be a bit hectic but I really enjoy the hot chocolate and the eggnog and the ugly Christmas sweaters but you know Jean has a Christmas sweater on this morning and it's a fabulous Christmas sweater there is nothing ugly about it we we had um, our second we survived our second Christmas production as a family our three girls were um, in their Christmas play. It was a 1930s like slant on the the Christmas story. It was hilarious. Um, I have to tell you though, I always hold my breath when it comes to the choir stands. You know, when you see the kids in the choir stands, you can see everything that's going on. It just beckons for a home alone moment. Except for the fact that my child is Kevin, and. My Zali last year, she um, there was they placed a beautiful little girl in front of her with lovely blonde pigtails that were like teased up and, and they looked like pom poms, and and she couldn't resist herself so she was like punching them to the beat of the song, and so this little girl singing and her pigtails are like pumping, you know, while she's singing, and the horror as a mother. So this year they put Zali on the front row. And there was no pom-poming this year. So I was really relieved as a parent. But um, so are you we there? Are we there in 1 John? Yeah. Awesome. So it says this, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. Amen. Um, So this morning I want to talk to you about perfect love and I want to keep it in line with our series. You know, our series is It's It's Love Actually. Well, I'm going to talk about It's a Perfect Love Actually. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, you are the recipient of perfect love. Now you can turn to your second choice and say, you too. Right? Adam gets so upset because he's always my second choice, but I see him all the time. So um, 
You are so beautiful. So why don't we pray this morning. Father, I just thank you as we come around your word. Father, I thank you for the word that you have given me, that it will be planted deeply in the hearts and the minds of everyone here. Father, I thank you that your word is powerful. It is able to divide between bone and marrow, soul and spirit. And Father, I thank you that you would put your word to work in your people today. Father, that we would be transformed from the inside out. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise. In your mighty name, amen. 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 Well, I don't know about you if you've ever had an experience where you've kind of lost your identity to somebody else. Now, let me give you a little bit of an example. So, when we first got married, I became Mrs. Adam Smallcomb. I lost my name, I lost my last name and my first name. But I was proud of it. And then, you know, I remember the moment with my daughter when I had my first baby. And at preschool, one of the little children came running up to me and go, Hi, Medea's mummy. And I'm like, I I don't even, I'm now I'm Adam's wife and I'm Medea's mummy. Who am I anymore? You know, I started to have an identity complex. And, you know, but I got to take on their identities. It wasn't that I was losing my identity, but I got to take on theirs, you know. And so I love John because John is actually known and he would self-proclaim himself to be the disciple that Jesus loved. How cool is that? You know, I could walk around and I could introduce myself as I'm the one Adam loves. You know, I could do that. He walks around saying I'm the one Kira loves, right? But John, he... He took it up another level. He was like, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. And it wasn't like he was saying, you know, he doesn't love the others. He just knew that Jesus loved him. And, you know, I think if somebody has a revelation and they've put it to work in their world, then that's worth listening to. I always tell single people, don't go and ask your single friends for relationship advice when they've got broken relationships and they're, you know, they've had affairs and adultery and it's like, don't go asking them for advice. Ask a married couple who've been married for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, who have the fruit of a healthy marriage, go and ask them. So I figure that this morning we could all learn a little bit about the perfect love of God because John walked with him. John talked with him. John was on a journey and he had the revelation of the perfect love of God. So So uh, are we tracking good? I'm going to have to... It's not even a wardrobe malfunction. What do you call that? A pulpit malfunction. Okay. So in verse 17, he says, As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. This word perfect that John's talking about, he's talking about a love that becomes more mature. He's talking about a love that becomes more complete, love at its fullest form. And you know what I love about God? That God is always about maturing us. He's always about taking us to greater depths and levels in Him. He's all about enlarging us on the inside. He's all about filling us up. He's all about setting us free. But the downside to that is we have a devil who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. His thing is aborting. What he works in the realm of is prematurity. He tries to cut things off and and to stop us in our growth with God. And that is the very reason why John penned, penned to paper and wrote 1 John. 
He wrote it because a generation of young people were coming up and growing through and they hadn't experienced Jesus face to face. Yet he had. He'd walked with him. He talked with him. And he saw him after the resurrection. He saw him ascend to heaven. And so here he is writing and he's saying, don't abort your faith. Don't abort your faith. There's a perfect love that you can know in Jesus. And so... uh, I think that it's beautiful that we get to take a look at this perfect love this morning because the perfect love that is extended to us, you know, like I got you to say to the person next to you, you're the recipient of perfect love. Maybe you don't, didn't know that already. Maybe that's new news to you today. But just because it's new news to you today doesn't mean it hasn't always been there and it's always been extended to you. We are the recipients of perfect love. You don't have to do anything to deserve it. It continues steadfast even when you're, you do stuff that's unworthy of it. It has nothing to do with what you do and don't do. That love is extended to you anyway. It's a love that gives us worth. It's a love that gives us purpose. It's a love that gives us destiny. There is nothing that we can do to make God love us more. And there is nothing we can do to make him love us less. His love is for us. And so I think that this is just perfect. He loves us perfectly and completely regardless of the way that we perform. I don't know about you, but I get a little bit excited about that because I don't always perform the way that I know that I should. Okay? There are certain uh, different aspects of the way that, you know, we love. See, we love with a standard in mind. If uh, Adam doesn't, you know, respond to the standard that I have, then you know, I might withdraw love. Okay, that's how we act as human beings. We have a standard for the way that people should behave around us, for the way that they should love us. If they withdraw their love, we withdraw ours. And But that is not like the love of God. The love of God is unconditional. And you know, uh, I love that about him. It says, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the message of Christmas. That what? Jesus came and he so loved the world. I don't know if your mind conceives the world, but when he says he loves the world, he loves every individual, every person who ever existed, who exists today and whoever will be. He's, his love is so individual, it's so great, it's so vast, it's so specific for you and me. And so there is a lot of people that God's heart is set towards. It's not just set towards good people. I don't know about you, but sometimes my mind can default to the fact that, oh, when people get saved, they come into a loving relationship with Jesus. Yeah, because a relationship is give and take and a relationship is about two people. It's two way. But God loved them before they ever made the decision. He loved them while they were sinning, while they were robbing banks, while they were doing crime, while they were, you know, he loved them. And sometimes we have this concept, oh, God loves me because I'm good or because I do things for him or because I come to church or because I'm, you know, trying my best to obey the law. But you know what? His love is so unconditional. On your good days, on your bad days, he loves you. He loves you just because he loves you. This is good news for my Zali. 
because she's like a Paul. She's like, I always do the things that I don't want to do and I try to do good things, mummy, and I try to be good and I feel like I'm exactly the same as her and I know that you probably feel the same way, that there is nothing we will ever do that can make God love us more. So you can parallel that a thousand different ways, but his love is so great it covers all of them. He never stops loving us because it's a perfect love, actually. It's a perfect love. It's a whole love. It's a love that's come to its fullest, complete form and found its place in your heart and in my heart. You know, I think it's funny when um, John highlights the opposite of love in this passage is not hate, it's fear. And so I wanted to take a look at this this morning because he says fear four times in verse 18. So I think that's worth looking at. He says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. I think this word punishment is due some attention as well. Punishment, other versions say torment because fear involves torment. You know, for those of us who have children, I'm going to make a confession. As a parent, I do not punish my children. It got really quiet. I don't punish my children. I discipline them. And that is what God does with us. You know, when they do something wrong, I'm not waiting to throw them into the fireplace and watch them burn. What kind of a crazy mother would I be? But sometimes we put God in that category, like he's ready to smite us if we do something wrong and he can't wait to shove us into the lake of fire and brimstone. That is not the God that we serve. It's not the God that is preached, obviously. Adam went to San Francisco the other day and there's like people with pickets and they're pitching, you know, like, repent from your sin. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Repent from your sin. But how about we tell people about the love of God? The perfect love of God that has the power to transform us, that nothing can stand against it. You know, I think that um, punishment and discipline, there is a massive difference between the two. But God never punishes his children. Do you know why? Because he put his punishment for all sin at the cross on Jesus Christ. Jesus took all the punishment for every sin that we would ever commit and that we ever have and we ever will. He put it all on the cross. Jesus has taken everything for us so that we don't have to have and bear the punishment of God. We can bear the love of God. We can bear the forgiveness of God. We don't need to be afraid when we come into his presence. Yes, there's a reverence that we have towards God. Yes, we know that he is God Almighty and he created the heavens and the earth and he is God. But that's not a God that compels me to stay away. It's a God that compels me to draw near because his love is so beautiful and his love is so enveloping and his love is so great it's so cleansing it's so pure it's so powerful I love that we get to walk into the presence of God boldly that we don't have to be ashamed that we don't have to be fearful that he is a God who is for us amen you know this real love um, that he's talking about with God and discipline see What people don't understand about love these days is love actually has a disciplinary side to it. If I I just let my children do whatever they wanted, that's not love. 
I'd be, you know, they would be in danger half the time. But the disciplinary love of God is one that creates boundaries and structure and safety for us to mature, to progress to the next level. So that when we don't abort the plan and the God calling for our life, which is what the enemy is always trying to hook us in and pull us out with. Amen? You know, as we draw near to him, you know, there are things that and fears that surface within us. I don't think that there is one person here that is without fear. Not one person that doesn't fear something or someone. And probably at the top of your list may be spiders and it may be snakes. Okay? That's, they're pretty common fears. Maybe you feared someone in your world. I know I used to fear my third grade teacher for like three years after. And she would make me nervous too, you know? You know when, when you fear something or you fear someone, there's manifestations, there's like you start to sweat or you like, oh, you know, you get all nervous or you start to do crazy things, say crazy things. And I was a super clumsy child. So I had to deliver this note to my third grade teacher who I'm terrified of in the middle of the classroom. And she used to sit on those little mini chairs, you know, the little mini ones, and have her skirt fanned out. I don't know why and clumsy me goes over to give her the paper and she stood up and her skirt fell down I know that's one way to overcome fear isn't it I wasn't afraid of her after that she was human like me but you know what? There are so many fears these days. There's so many fears that we medicate. There's so many fears that we give into. There's so many fears that control our world. There's so many. So I looked up um, on the, I looked up a list, right? The phobia list. I don't know if you've ever looked at the phobia list, but here's what it has. It's like uh, ablutophobia. It's a fear of washing or bathing. There's like, and this is in alphabetical order, and I'm only going to read with you the first 20. But these are some legitimate fears that people have, okay? Fear of itching or of the insects that cause itching. Fear of soreness. Fear of darkness. Fear of noise. Fear of heights. Fear of drafts. Air swallowing. Okay. Fear of open high places. Fear of vomiting. Secondary to air sickness. Fear of insanity, fear of pain, fear of open spaces or of being in crowded uh, public places like markets. Fear of sexual abuse, fear of wild animals, fear of streets or crossing the street. Fear of needles or pointed objects. Fear of cats, people. Fear of cats, it's a legitimate fear. Fear of kidney disease, fear of chickens. That rated high on the list. Fear of pain, fear of garlic, fear of opinions, fear of heights, fear of riding in a car, fear of walking. I don't know if you're getting the picture, but basically anything that exists on this planet and anyone that exists on this planet, somebody's got a fear of it. And, you know, I'm kind of making a little bit of fun when it comes to it. But for the person who carries that fear, it is very real and it is very terrifying. And I'm sure all of us could identify right now, if you thought about it, you can think of the top like two or three fears that you have in your world. And I want you to do that. Just begin to think about that. What are the three things that I might need to be able to bring to God this morning and see breakthrough in? 
because they cause us to be they cause us to abort the plan they cause us to be remain short fall short of the plan of God okay for our lives yet I don't know about you and the good news that I'm going to preach to you this morning is that there has been a great exchange that has taken place for your fears that when Jesus went to the cross he made the great exchange no sickness no fear no doubt no, all of that stuff was nailed to the cross that you could have freedom that you could have assurance that you could know that he that he loves you and you could experience his perfect love you know John acknowledges fear and I think that we need to do that. We need to be able to acknowledge the fear in our world. But he also acknowledges the power that drives it out. And that is Jesus, perfect love. In Revelation, uh, sorry, in um, 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 18, it says, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. You know, we talked about John's meaning of perfect being something that becomes more mature. Um, so to, to expound on that a little bit more, the concept is one of fulfillment. The concept of one is reaching a goal or attaining completion. Okay? That that which is perfect or mature has fulfilled its intended goal. And then track with me here because the word expel means literally to force out, to drive out. And so here is Jesus who is perfect love. And Jesus fulfilled his intended goal. He accomplished everything on the cross. When we fear, we fear what is out of our control. Yet perfect love went to the cross and by the, and won back power and control. He won back all the things that we have become under, under the domination of. He won back freedom for us. So basically perfect love, Jesus became the powerful force that drives out fear. Friend, if you have fear in your world, Jesus has dealt with that fear for you. You know, the Bible says that whomever the sun sets free is free indeed. Well, sometimes we need to get these, these verses and these messages and actually put them to work in our life. I'm encouraging you this morning that God has given the most perfect gift to us, his perfect love. Nothing can stand against his perfect love. Literally, no demon, no darkness, no fear can stand against the perfect love of our incredible God. You know, Adam shared this story of um, our, our health insurance in Australia once. Okay, so we were given, because we had started working for the church, we dropped in our wage and we now qualified for the government medical funding, which is what we have in Australia. It's amazing. So it's called Medicare and we could qualified for the card. So anyway, Adam gets a letter, doesn't know what it is, and what he didn't tell you the last time is that he tore off the perforated card and popped it in his wallet. Now, when he got the second letter, which was the renewal letter... For his healthcare, he actually read it. And so here we are with sick twins for 17 weeks of their newly born life, and we're paying like $20 a script, $50 a script for medication to be filled at the pharmacy. And this card qualifies you for $3 scripts. 
I know, he's still cringing in the seat right now because he knows how many dollars we lost during that time. But, but the point that I'm making is that ID, that qualification that we had, we never accessed it. We never actually used it. Some of us have been sitting in church for years and we've never accessed the full work of the cross. Some of us have been sitting here day in and day out just believing like we just have to live with this sickness or that we have to live with this fear that cripples us or that it's going to haunt us the rest of our days when the work of the cross has abolished it and we can begin to put it to work in our life. Amen. So 2 Timothy 1 verse 17 says, For God, uh, oh, sorry, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, this is the amplified, amplified version, of cowardice or craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-being mind and discipline and self-control. Amen. G, uh, John had the revelation. He had the revelation that I am the one Jesus loves. John wasn't just bragging. He wasn't just flaunting the fact that I'm the one Jesus loves. He loves me better than all the other disciples. He wasn't having a competition with them. He wasn't trying to be the best. What he had was a real revelation on the inside of him that I am loved by Jesus. You know, he had, it was a conviction of his. In fact, it was his identity. It was what he was qualified with. It was what he carried around as his qualification. You know, I read a quote this week um, on Instagram because it's awesome for quotes, you know. And it said, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And here is John. He is validated by the perfect love of God. I wonder this morning, what is your identity? What is your identity caught up in? Do you come to church and are you thinking, oh, you know, my identity is, sorry, Jesus, I tripped up again this week. You have to always fix me up. Sorry, Jesus, I barely made it in this week. Or is it, Jesus, I'm the one you love. I'm your favorite. I have a real revelation of who I am in you, that you love me, that you adore me, and I walk boldly into your house to meet with you today, imperfect, yet I know your grace. And I don't ever use it as license to sin, by the way. You know, he found his purpose in perfect love. You can find your purpose in perfect love today. You know, I love also that this is not a one-time revelation for John. And I don't know, Naomi, can I get you to come back up? But this was not a one-time revelation for John. This was something that he had to work out. And we always talk about it, it's faith and works, right? But it's not faith and I work things out and I make myself improve myself for God. It's, all, it's just pretty much like I work my faith out. And so what we need to do is we need to put that into practice. You know, um, you don't need to feel condemned this morning if there's fear in you. If I'm really honest, there's still fears that I need to conquer, uh, plenty of them. But part of that is going on a journey with God 
where he brings us to a point of maturity and to a point of where we experience his perfect love, being made more complete. And every day we can experience a new facet of his love. Every day we can experience a new portion of his grace. Every day we get to experience newness in him because he is so great and he is so vast and there is always more that he can do on the inside of us. I love time in the presence of God. I don't know if you get to spend time in the presence of God, but those are precious moments that you need to guard and protect around your day. Moments where you seek God. Moments where you allow Him to speak into you. Moments where you put on a worship CD like C3SV's worship album and you allow the anointing of heaven to touch your heart and wash over your heart and inspire you and build you up and remind you of who you are called to be. Remind you of the incredible greatness of our God. You know, it's a journey. It's a journey that we begin to walk out. You know, our little girls are in hyper-wrapping mode at the moment. So pretty much, basically, anything in the house is up for option. And so there are all these presents going under the tree. I don't even know what's in them, and I don't know where it's come from. And I said to Zara, you know, where are you actually buying these gifts from? And she goes, oh, you know, they're just lost and found. And I'm like, okay. And then Zali, who couldn't wait, and i got to tell you, she's smart because she's getting in early. And I get this beautiful card, I love you, mummy, you're the best mummy. And she wanted me to unwrap her gift. And so I unwrap it. But it's literally like a pass-the-parcel gift. It's like unwrap a layer. Oh, there's another layer. Oh, there's another layer. Fifteen layers later, the gift started out this size and, and it's like this big. And, you know... Zara stood beside me and she goes, Mum, it's the gift that keeps loving. And I'm like, you know what? It is too. And that's so much like God, that there are new facets we get to unwrap and there are new portions of his love and his grace that we get to to be unveiled to us every new day. Can you stand with me this morning, church? And just lift your hands towards heaven because I want to do something a little bit different this morning. Just with every eye closed and every hand lifted towards heaven. I wonder this morning if you could think of those things. You know what they are. Those fears that have been holding you back. They're fears that have been keeping you limited. They're even fears for some of you that have tormented you and kept you from sleeping at night. They're fears that have stolen your peace. They're fears that are causing you to abort your purpose and your future in God. They're fears that we're going to deal with right here and right now in the presence of God. So Father, I just pray right now over every man and every woman. Father, those who are mature in their faith, those who've been walking this perfect love out for years, years longer than I've ever been walking it out. Father, I thank you that you would cause them to be opened and awakened to a new facet of your love, a new force of power of your love that drives out those fears in the name of Jesus. Today we come against every fear. And church, I'd encourage you right now, if you could just speak those fears out, just begin to renounce those fears under your breath. Just begin to say, Father, I renounce that fear. I renounce that fear that has held me. 
captive for way too long. Father, I lay it at Your feet today. And Father, I pray that as we renounce these fears together, that Your perfect love drives it out of our lives. Father, You drive it far away, that there would be no physical manifestations of those fears any longer. Father, that we would see Your people set free in the mighty Name of Jesus. We exercise Your authority over every fear and we drive it out in the Name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We trust you heard from God and that you're more encouraged, more refreshed, and more in love with Jesus than you were before. If you ever find yourself in the Bay Area, we'd love for you to come and attend a service. For more information about C3SV, please visit www.c3sv.com.